Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention, go check out our Twitter page, at Midcourt Madness, for all of our show updates, as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website, where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, down goes number one as Ron Harper hits a buzzer beater to beat Purdue. And it looks like Baylor will be back on top of the college basketball rankings as they have a dominant performance against Villanova. All right, Biggs, we're not ones to uh, bury the lead here. So let's get right into the uh, Baylor-Villanova game. And you texted me this afternoon, and you basically asked me – I don't remember what you asked me. It's like, is Villanova bad? Is that what you asked me? I think I said something like, is Villanova that good? Yeah. And, and, that, and that tone doesn't always come out in a text message. Like, am I, I'm saying, like, is Villanova that good? Not just, is Villanova that good? Like, are they that good? You know what I mean? Right. There's a difference between that and that. And, you know, I'm just opening up sort of their schedule here. And, yeah, they're 7-3, and three, but they're, they've had basically three opportunities to have sort of a you know, signature win. Yeah, a signature win. They've had, you know, games against UCLA, Purdue, and Baylor. And the first two were fairly close games against UCLA and Purdue. But today's game, they only mustered up 36 points. That's like, that's Virginia level. That's what I, te- I, text my, I texted one of my buddies who is like a Villanova fan and, and also kind of a Virginia fan, but I said like Nova Nova's Virginia. They're like yeah. they're like Virginia and not necessarily in like the in like all of the good ways. It's it's the ways that I feel like they've got just no juice and no sort of as Clark Kellogg likes to say, spurtability. Like I feel like they play we've we've talked about this before. They play so slow. And I don't remember Villanova always doing that. They, they've never been like a scorch the net, you know, play at an insane tempo. But gosh, I feel like when they were cooking over like the three, four years, in the last 10 years, I feel like they've always been one of the best teams in the country. And it's because they, their offense is just so efficient. And they just, they play, it's, it's hard to imagine their offense. They're probably going to be efficient against some, some other team, like bad teams they'll mop up on. But I think they their pace they play so slow that when they run into a team like you now Baylor's on the extreme side of things, but if when they run against teams that are that are athletic and like big and tough on defense, they can't get shots. They can't get open shots, and then they end up just settling for like bad threes. And boy, I mean, thirty six points is is a is like an excessively bad number. Like they're not probably going to be held below you know fifty a lot. Yep. But I think that's what that's what hurt them against UCLA. It hurt them against Purdue, and and it got and it hurt them against Baylor here. Where these good teams, when they lock in, Villa, Villanova has a hard time uh, getting easy baskets. I guess would be the best way to put it. They can get stuck. Yeah, and just sort of scrolling down the box score here, you know, this is for their starters, right? And so this is I'm just gonna read through their field goal stats for the starters: one for seven, one for seven, one for six. Five for 14, that's Justin Moore, and two for seven, that's Gillespie. And so, like, those last two, I'd say, are their two best players, um, and both are, for field goal percentage for the year, are in the 40s, and then they have a game like this. And it's sort of been, for them this year, that, you know, they go as those two go. They have other guys who can chip in when needed, but they go as those two go. So if those two don't go, they're not going to win. 
And do you think this is more of a indictment on Villanova, or do you think is Baylor just that good on defense? Because like I was watching, and I I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot, but I had it on for a little bit. And there's one possession where Villanova is on offense, and you know how like you know one guy say sort of drives by his guy, and then there's like the defense has to rotate and close out on shooters. Villanova did everything right on offense as far as like making the extra pass. He made like three or four extra passes. And they, I think all passes were the correct pass, but they could not get an open shot. Like Baylor yeah. rotates that well. That happened all game. That happened all game. I mean, Nova doesn't necessarily get by their guy and to the, to the, to the level that they can go get a layup, but they, you're right. They, they get into the, they do that. What Villanova always does is they get, they get into the paint, they draw that extra defender and they kick it around, and and you're right. They were passing the that happened all game, where they would pass it around to an open shooter. Where in a lot of other games, that's a three pointer, uh, or if that guy doesn't get it, he kicks it back over. It's it's to the corner, and then it's up into the slot, and the slot guy gets a three pointer, or the slot guy then kicks it to the opposite corner, and that guy gets a three. And and you're right. Baylor just kept recovering where Nova could never pull the trigger. Uh, that happened all game, and Nova missed a lot of like layups and and easy kind of shots that you'd consider easy because Baylor's I think their pressure and their physicality got to them and sped them up to a point where they weren't comfortable. So yeah, I mean I, I do think this is more of a holy shit, Baylor is like we knew that they were good, but they they might legitimately be the best team in the country again. They're gonna be ranked number yeah. one. But wait, wait, might be the how best do you know that already? Huh? Or how, I, we haven't gotten that part yet. That's true. You're right. I think they'll be I think they'll be number one. Um okay. But they might actually be the best team in the country. You know what I mean? I mean, they've got – I don't know who their best player is, but their defense is awesome. You're, you're right. I, I don't know who their best defender is. They, they all defend at a high level. They they are impressive, no question. You know, I'm going to say something here, Biggs, and we've said this before about other teams. Baylor's a little Florida state <laughs> Because we don't know who their best player is, but they have – one, two, three, seven people between 7.9 and 16 points per game. So it's like a bigger range, but they have so many guys who can contribute to the team and and get double figures and points. Yeah, no, and it's not even about necessarily like their points and stuff. I mean, like I, I've always thought like Chamwa Chachua, your guy double T, his points per T, game. No, 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 no. T squared. T squared, my bad. Yeah, how disrespectful of me. Um <laughs> You know, your guy T-squared, though, he averages like eight points and eight rebounds, and yet when you watch Baylor sometimes, it's like, is that guy the best player on their team? Like, sometimes he's just a force. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the kid's name is, but they've got like a freshman who's got like blue hair. Um, Kendall Brown? No, it's a different dude. Or is it Sohan? Sohan? Jeremy Sohan, Sohan, yeah. When he comes in, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, this guy's got blue hair, but like he also is just kind of a – he's just kind of an energizer bunny, and like he looks damn good. And Kendall Brown is the, the freshman who – uh, he shoots like 70% from the field because he doesn't take anything other than like layups and dunks. I mean, he's just like a force and he's awesome defensively for a freshman. He's like, uh, get into your junk and just lock you up. Like he would guard Justin Moore today. And he's like four inches taller than Justin Moore, just as heavy and doesn't, and he's quicker. You know what I mean? Like, so Justin Moore can't get by him and Justin Moore's a good player. Um, you know, and then you've got Akinjo who they've, who they've rallied in like they've reined him in and like, he's having good like a lot of success. Uh, and Matthew Meyer, a guy who hasn't even really broken out in probably the way that we might have thought, but he's still like a, a valuable piece. Like they've just got, they're deep. And their leading scorer, I didn't even mention their leading scorer is an yeah, LJ. Just, their leading scorer, does he even start for them? I mean, like 
They're loaded. That I don't know, but I'm just looking at stats because I couldn't. He was there. He's not a transfer. He was there last year, right? He was. He can't. He he got limited minutes a year ago for them. If that no, that was well, way limited minutes. He was a freshman last year. You're thinking yeah. Stigler came off the bench last year. But no, no, no. That's my point. Is I I couldn't remember if he was a transfer if he was there last year. But I'm looking at stats here. Last year he was 3.4 points per game. This year he's 15 and a half. Yeah, he's taking the freshman to sophomore jump. Yeah, he is. You know, when you say the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores, he is like the poster child for that. Yeah, picture yeah. picture of LJ Cryer pops up in that. If you type that phrase on Google, phrases, yeah, you get LJ Cryer a picture. There it is. Exactly. He actually just overtakes your desktop and just inserts himself. You don't even have to set him as your desktop. He just goes on there. That's hella creepy, but yeah. <laughs> um, but it was you know looking at Baylor's schedule so far, like. This was definitely like a statement victory, and you know they are now nine and zero. Their only other real quality win was against Michigan State, who I don't think was ranked at that time, but now is you know in the teens, I want to say. Um, but yeah, no, you're exactly right. They're going to be number one um, come tomorrow when the rankings come out. We're recording this on Sunday because Purdue had a buzzer beater win again or loss. Pleasure beater loss against uh, Rutgers on, I believe, was that Friday? No, it was Thursday. Thursday night. Yeah, that was Thursday night because I, I, I put it on my second monitor as the Vikings were, were giving up their lead. Um, yeah, it was bad. But it was such a fun ending to that game because, or not Purdue, uh, Rutgers went up by one with maybe 15, 20 seconds left. And Travion Williams gets the ball in the, in the paint and gets a nice little uh, – I don't want to say off mount, but like around the defender layup to go up one with, I think it was like 3.4 seconds. And Ron Harper comes up the floor and he, he does like this little side. It was really, I thought he does this little sidestep thing at half court to get around his defender and put up a prayer from just inside half court. And to his credit, makes it for the win. Yeah, definitely to his credit. I mean, better to be lucky than good sometimes. They got, like, as you kind of said in the pre production meeting uh, with all of us. Uh, they got land All last of us, year. The two of us. First half of the season of 2020, Ron Harper. They basically had 2020 Ron Harper versus 2021 Ron Harper. Yes. Uh, in that game, I and mean, he was he was a baller. He was he was terrific. And uh, yeah, sucks for Purdue. They get number get rated number one for the first time in your program's history, and you don't even make it a week. Uh, it does not bad. last long. Do you think they get number one before the end of the year that, again? At the rate we're going, probably. I mean, you gotta you gotta think like. What are we on? We're on to when the new poll comes out here. I think it's safe to say we safe to assume Baylor. So what do we start? We started with Gonzaga, then we went yep. to Duke, Duke. I assume. Yep, Duke. And then Purdue. it was Purdue for a week, and now it'll be Baylor. I, I would assume Baylor will lose it at some point. I feel like there's another one in there. Was there another one? It wasn't. It wouldn't have been UCLA because Gonzaga punked them early in the year. Uh, Nova wasn't number no. No, I think it was Gonzaga then Duke because when Gonzaga lost to Duke, Gonzaga was one. I, I think. So this will be the fourth one in like six weeks. Oh, here I can I can filter out on here. So we have Purdue week five, week four Duke, week three Gonzaga. Okay, it is okay. We'll be at number four. Damn it! I thought there was another one in there. That's okay. There probably will be at some point. Yeah. Because yeah, you got to think Baylor will lose. Big 12 is too good. I don't think this Baylor team, maybe they will be like last year's Baylor team where they just roll everybody. I assume some of the, someone will get them, especially now with crowds. 
Someone yep. will get them. Um, and yeah, I can't Purdue uh, get back into that mix. I don't know who else there is really. Uh, yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, for Rutgers, like it was definitely an impressive victory for them. And I think for the, like for their sake, this like what this victory will mean will be probably just getting them into the tournament. You know, they won't get into the tournament. You don't think so? Like, no, Rutgers sucks. They still could, suck. They're getting smoked for Seton Hall right now. I know they are, but like, could you envision a time like when they're sort of getting up in that like last four out, first four in category, and like this one, this win right here is the deciding factor. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe they. they I mean, they're going to be five and five after Sunday night, and like the only they don't really have a good non-conference win. They're going to have to really do a lot of their work in the Big Ten, which. The way Isn't that easy. looks, I, I, I think this might be just one of those special, like, random one-off upset wins. Could but, yeah, I mean, if that's certainly a feather in their cap should that scenario arise. If we get to March and Rutgers is hanging around, they're going to have as good a win over someone as any other bubble team will, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we just talked with Seton Hall, and they got a big win over Texas on Thursday. And this is, this is really their second big win. Um, I can't think of who they beat. God damn it. Michigan. Michigan. Actually, okay, maybe that isn't that big a win, actually, because Michigan is has fallen off the tracks. They've definitely been one of the more disappointing teams this year. Yeah, yeah, they, they certainly have been. I would say, like, if you typed into Google, like, if, to use your Google thing, like, if you type in most disappointing teams in college basketball this season, it's Michigan's probably at number one of that. I mean, who, who would who would jump them? I mean, weren't they ranked like fourth or fifth in the preseason? Mm-hmm. All the sorts are hype. They had, they had the, 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 the stud freshman coming in. You had an all American big man coming back. You had a, a couple of solid transfers. You got a darling of a coach that, that everyone kind of fawns over, um, you know, a team that went to the elite eight last year. So there's certainly some pedigree already put in place and sad trombone. Wah, wah, wah. Michigan sucks. They're bad. They're like four and five. Yeah, I don't well, know what you're talking yeah. about Seton Hall, though. Seton Hall is off to a, off to a nice start. You're right. They beat Texas the other night, which that's another one, though. Texas, probably on that disappointing list, who have they beat? They got killed by Gonzaga, yep. and now they've lost to Seton Hall. Are they good, or are they just a collection of good players? Well, we talked about earlier – this year about how like you know they don't really like they have all these transfer talents coming in who average you know 13 to 18 points per game elsewhere but a lot of times these teams that they're transferring from who just don't win will have a guy averaging 13 18 points because they have to try and get buckets like someone has to shoot the ball someone's gonna score um and so they have all this collection of talent who did good elsewhere at you know lesser talented Holy shit! At uh, you know, the teams not that just good. didn't win. Yeah, against teams that just aren't as good, you know, in lesser conferences, really, and they all come to this bigger school who and playing, you know, in the Big Twelve against tougher teams, and they just don't do well. They're not even playing tougher teams yet, though. That's what it's yeah, almost hasn't even started yet. That's what's yeah. almost kind of scary about this is, well, I, I, you know, it's kind of interesting if you looked at the Texas versus Seton Hall box score, um. All the hype about Texas or all the – what we talked about a lot at least was they loaded up on these transfers. It was like the Texas starting five and then the Texas backup five could be also a top 25 team. They only played six guys. Christian Bishop, one of the yeah. better transfers, he played like six minutes against Seton Hall. Didn't really play at all. Uh, Dylan DeSue isn't even really playing yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if when he does come back, 
they probably settle into like a like a six seven man rotation here. Uh, one of their one of their big freshmen. They got a big freshman recruit who basically doesn't play. Andrew Jones comes off the bench. They played thirty minutes off the bench, but like, I'm curious to see if if we get into like mid January, if this Texas team, if if things start coming up hard at the seams a little bit because they almost they have too many guys. Like they went and got too many guys, yeah. and they're probably doing the right thing by playing less of them, but. I bet, I bet Christian Bishop ain't real thrilled with, uh, you know, deciding to leave a starting job at Creighton and go to, you know, he probably could have gotten a starting job at a lot of places, uh, picked Texas before Texas picked up a different kid, and now he doesn't play at all. Um, and speaking of which, be- he he was on the other side of that too because he was considering North Carolina. And I think it was right after Brady Manick committed to North Carolina, Christian Bishop went to Texas. Yeah. Which, I mean, hey, Christian Bishop to North Carolina next year? Just saying. Well, I think he's out of eligibility, unfortunately. But like, how much? How much does that suck, though? The kid is the kid is like a four-year starter, or a three-year starter at a pretty good team, and yep. decides, hey, last year here, I'm going to go to Texas, and then a month after he decides to sign up, uh, a better kid comes in. That's that's maybe one of those transfer portal uh, horror stories that'll be interesting to see if 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 kid. It's just like recruiting. Like, if you got to, it makes sense for like the big fish to just wait and wait mm-hmm. and wait and wait, and everything will just get pushed back even further because. Why would you sign somewhere where then the coach might just? It's like shopping, and it's like, ooh, I found I found a good deal, um, but then I found a better deal. You know, like I go to Walmart and buy the TV uh, before I went to Target, and then I go to Target and ooh, this deal's a little better. Yeah, oh, the TV that I get at Best Buy, that, that one's even better. You know, and, and, and I just buy all three TVs though. That's what these coaches are doing. You went in the complete opposite order because out of those three, Best Buy is going to be the most expensive. Yeah, Target's right. probably going to be the second most expensive, and then Walmart's going to be the cheapest. Yeah, that's true. I have, a, yeah. I guess, a, I have a bias towards Best Buy because you know uh, one of my good friends works there, and I, I guess I need to try to put on for them. But you're right. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Um, let's see. There's sort of a interesting finish to that Bama Houston game on Saturday as horrific game. Yeah, terrific game as. Um, I gotta think about this. Bama's up one. Houston sort of is uh, going for that game winner, and I want to say um, Sasser lo- is trying to drive, loses the ball, goes to Kyler Edwards, he toss up a prayer from three, and there's a couple of tip in opportunities. Yep, Houston kid collects an offensive rebound, yeah. goes for a tip in, uh, or he goes, he puts up a shot basically with about a second left. The ball's just coming off the rim. Another Houston kid then goes for like a tap in, and, and if he's able to tap it in at the buzzer, it's like the buzzer. As he's tapping it, Alabama kid JD Davison comes just kind of out of nowhere and blocks the tip in attempt. Yep. Um, as time expires, and you can't really get a definitive look if the ball is over like the cylinder. I it saw looks, one. I saw it one. It looks I don't like think... it's a clean block. Yes, I, I agree um, with that. But boy, like it, it's like bang bang nick of time. Uh, and the and the clock clock goes. Refs don't overturn it, and uh, that's all she wrote for Alabama, not for Houston, because Kelvin Sampson basically assaulted the refs on the way out. Yeah, they were they and were fired up. Him and Sasser were both. Uh, I, I'm I'm be interested to see. I'm surprised that isn't more of a newsy thing right now. If those guys get reprimanded at all, because uh, yeah, it was quite a it was quite a scene. Uh, those Houston guys run hot. That's what part of what makes their team so fun to watch is they've just got a bunch of bullies on the court. Um, Really fun game. Probably the best game of a loaded Saturday slate. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you said, Kelvin Sampson was pissed and basically want wanted that play to be reviewed for a possible goaltending. Which, you know, 
I think one side of the argument is that there's enough reviews and it just slows up the game and blah, blah, blah. 100%. I think, I think in this case, though, you know, you're already – everything else is already reviewed. This is a, a play that would change the outcome of a game possibly. And they don't even review it. That that's and they, they might and go they to review. review it. They they might go to can they review it? I would imagine yeah. so. A, a goal a possible goaltend, I would say so. But they didn't call it a goaltend. You know what Do I mean? Do they have to call it? I don't know. That's what I'm curious of. Like oh, I guess I don't know. I always think I, I guess in football it's like they call every single stupid close call like a score or a turnover because then they can go review it. Which I also don't is, agree with that. I also don't agree with that. I hate that because then what happens is, well, the call isn't necessarily irreviewed like yeah. irreversible because it has to be irrefutable or whatever. Because uh, they put such a crazy criteria. Call. They put they put such a crazy criteria on reversing it. Right. That it that it's it makes almost it impossible to meet and and and, on the, and then on the other side, they make it to where some people say, just let the play go through. Well, you're not always going to have a camera angle. You know, right. you and I are Vikings fans. And, and let's go back to that week one game against the Bengals when Dalvin Cook had the fumble. He may, he very well may have been down. I don't know. Yeah. But if, if the refs did in the moment, we're like, you know, I'm just going to let this play on. Well, that's not the right thing to do. Just call it as you see it. If You might be wrong, but just call it as you see it. So what we're, what we're saying is like, be better. Yeah. You know, but we get it. Reffing's hard. I, I don't like bitching and moaning about the refereeing. Um, oh, I, I, did my, I did my younger days, but like, I don't like people that bitch and moan about the refs and say, Oh, the refs screwed us, but I, just ref, ref better. You're not doing We get that. It's a hard job. We are empathetic that it's a hard job. You're also not doing it for free. You know, they're being well compensated. Be good at it. Yep. Uh, no, but I don't know. You're right though. Like there's so many, just there's so many damn reviews over the course of like some of these games and and like i would say 90 percent of them are just like what are we doing like why are we reviewing this like come on like you can see it on the court just make a call stick with it and like i always think to myself like it, it's in like the last five minutes of a game and like i think the people that don't like watching basketball like this is what this is like the ammo that they'll use is like mm-hmm. the last few minutes just they they take forever Yep. And it's not because, not even because coaches use timeouts anymore. It's it's so many reviews. Well, they, they don't have to use timeouts because they get them no. just for free. With they all these they reviews. get half a dozen free ones because the refs are like just, they use replay as such a crutch and they're terrified to make a call. Yep. Which I also get nowadays because of social media. Somebody's going to go on Twitter and, and start a trending that like, oh, uh, so-and-so ref should get fired because he sucks at his job. And we'll find like the, the perfect kind of the scene by scene, uh, you know, shot by shot thing where, Oh, Nope. Got the call wrong. And, and now these refs lose their jobs over it. So I get why they're freaking out about it. Hey, just as I said, Rutgers sucks. They're kind of, yeah, I, I was just about to bring that up. They're down by six right now. They're just yeah, going to do a time. They're, they're on like a 10 run, I think. Um, <laughs> so, Hey, maybe Rutgers basketball is back in it, but, uh, I don't even remember what we're talking about, but, um, we we're talking about Bama Houston. Yeah, I, it was, I it was wanna... an awesome game. I tell you what, uh, I came away with it thinking like both teams are legit. I uh, shocking one point game. Both teams are legit, but um, oh, at halftime they were talking to uh, a couple of the ESPN guys, Sean Farnham, who does a lot of Gonzaga stuff. I think he's based out in the West Coast, you know. And they were asking him who's got the higher ceiling, Bama or Houston. I was surprised he he went with Houston, which I guess all of the all of the other people that I guess I listen to or th- I, I tend to think. Alabama's like approval rating is just way higher because of the style of play that they have, which is a lot more appealing to 
I don't know. It's just a little more appealing, right? It's a little sexier. They shoot a lot of threes. They play fast. They're fun. Uh, they've got a young coach. You know, and Houston is just kind of a. We're just we're just going to play football out here. You know, like we're going to beat you up on the glass. It's not going to be pretty, but we're going to guard you and we're going to just crush you on the glass. I love that the two styles are so different, and that's yeah. Like I've always said, that's one of my favorite things about college hoops is those two styles could not be more contrasting, and yet both teams are awesome. Yeah, and it's interesting, you know, Houston kept it close playing Bama style. Like, Houston likes to play in the 60s. And the end of this game was, you know, 83-82. But did you see the picture after the game is over? Because Kelvin Sampson, like we talked about, was pissed that it didn't get reviewed. And I believe he just stormed off the courts. But there's a picture out there of Nate Oates just standing at half courts with his waiting hand out, hands <laughs> waiting to shake his hand. And they talked about it on Iron College Basketball, where uh, I think it was uh, Norlander said, like he's pretty sure he waited there like for six seconds. Yeah, he did that before. <laughs> he did that as Samson was bitching at the refs. It was on TV last night. And- <laughs> yeah, and like you look at the no, picture, Nate he's, he's got- a huge asshole. <laughs> he's got his hand out, but he's looking the opposite direction. Like he's got his right hand out, facing half court. He's looking yep. over his left shoulder. So I'm just, I'm just assuming he's looking at Kelvin Sampson. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, any other big games? Um, let's see. I see Texas Tech over Tennessee on Tuesday, which that one had just some god awful offensive play. Uh, Texas Tech was 31 percent offensive offensive play. That works. Dude, I did there. It was offensive. Yeah. I'm sorry I'm not an English teacher. No, but like it's the same spelling as offensive, but it was actually offensive to my eyes. It's just it was just offensive play. Yeah, it was on, offensive basketball. It said basketball back a couple couple decades. Yeah. Couple it was rough. It was rough. Uh, but Texas Tech shoots thirty one percent from the field and sixteen percent from three, and Tennessee twenty seven percent from the field and fifteen percent from the three. Both those teams combined I swear, I don't remember what the, the numbers are, but it feels like the two teams took like 73s between the two of them too. And it's clearly just neither of you can shoot. What no. the hell are you doing? And, and I always wonder this, like like coaches and players will say like, well, we're open, you know, it's an open shot. And I, and I just kind Maybe of think, it's open okay, after, yeah, after 20 straight misses, I'm thinking it's open because they want you to probably take that shot. Yep. Maybe don't do what the defense wants you to do there. It was, uh, it was painful from two teams that I think are, are pretty good. It was uh, it was ugly though, yeah. Oof. Let's see, and then Illinois is gets a win over Iowa. Um, well, we could, we could talk there. I mean, the Saturday slate, uh, a team that I think we should probably talking about Illinois. They took a loss yeah. to a team that I think should jump maybe into the top three of the rankings upcoming this, this upcoming yeah. week. Uh, the Arizona Wildcats. Yep. Beat Illinois at Illinois. They had to Uber there. They had to fly into Indianapolis and Uber to Champaign. Wait, is it serious? You hear about this? I have not heard about this. Tell me. Yeah, apparently they because there was there might have been like a winter storm. The Arizona team they couldn't fly, they couldn't fly into Champaign or Chicago. Maybe I don't know where they fly into if Champaign has an airport or not. But they flew into Indianapolis, um, and then I suppose they were maybe supposed to be like redirected. Maybe it was one of those where there's like a layover or something. Yeah. Um, they they couldn't they couldn't fly, and so they had to Uber from Indianapolis. To Champagne. Is there is there like a not there's like Uber XL? Is there like an Uber like quadruple Triple XL? XL? <laughs> like an Uber minivan? Well, I mean, you yeah. got to think like too. I mean, 
you you know how those Uber car go, the Uber cars go. I mean, like it's they're tight. They're small cars. Got a bunch of six, seven to seven foot tall guys. Guess guess how many miles is this? Indianapolis to Champaign. I think Indianapolis isn't really on the border there. I don't think. Um, I'll go like 150 miles. You're close. 124 miles. Okay. So, what do you think that Uber charge is? I did it one time. So, like, I was just curious. I just did it from Fargo to Minneapolis one time. I think it was like 200 bucks, and that's what a 220 mile trip. Yeah, probably. Um, that's yeah. not as expensive as I was. Yeah, thinking. I know. I know. I'd say like 120 to 150 for that Uber ride. How the hell? How the hell does Uber charge you forty bucks then to go from the downtown bar of Fargo back to I your know. house? It's like ten I miles. Know. I Something's know. Not math. Something's not working out there. That doesn't make sense. And it's even worse during surge pricing. You'll get yeah, you'll fucking get surge prices. Ninety yeah. to hundred. Yeah. Bet you those were pretty bananas yesterday. <laughs> um, but no, uh, Arizona is a team who is at the top of the list of you know sort of surprise teams, and a big reason for that has been. Benedict Matherin, which do they call him Ben? Please tell me they call him Ben. Yeah, they call him Ben Matherin. Okay, good. And, you know, he's a sophomore, uh, you know, taller guard, 6.66. But so far averaging 18 points per game on 49% shooting. Yeah, he's been really good. He's uh, they have him and they have uh, Andres Tabellis, who is kind of like a like a foreman who's like super skilled. Um, They're they're awesome. Matherin is is not going to be there very long, unfortunately. I think he's going to be kind of on like your – your NBA radar, uh, which which means like Arizona's young and they've got a new coach and like he's a stud. Uh, so, I, I, but he's been he's been terrific. He he's he's big. He's athletic. He's a good shooter. Um, yesterday, I think it was that that Kirk Chrisa, their starting point guard, who's who's like just dripping with swagger. Um, he had a pretty good night against Illinois, and uh, they've got just kind of a wave of bigs in Tabellis. Christian Coloco, who's had kind of a breakout year too. He's like a seven footer who's like big and physical. Um, those guys just kind of neutralized your guy, Coffee Cockburn. He had, had like yep. 13 points on like 15 shot attempts. Arizona's good. They're really good. And it'll be interesting. Like the Pac 12, I think, is a lot better than we were expecting. Uh, even though some of the teams we were expecting to be good aren't good, uh, Arizona. Looks like maybe a top five team in the country. UCLA is going to be a top five team in the country, and, and USC should probably be a top ten team. They've got three teams that are probably top ten teams. Yep. And on the Illinois side, um, you know Alfonso Plummer, who he's a trans, is he from Arizona? He's a Utah transfer. Utah. He's awesome. I, knew, I, knew, I knew it was Pac twelve. Um, but Plummer has been great for them this year, and has basically almost been what you we expected out of Andre Cabello. Um, who he's been out for a few games, but once he gets back and if he at least becomes, you know, last year on Andre Carbello, this could be a very good team. Yeah. You start, you start piecing those things together in Illinois could and Trent for, combine that with Trent Frazier's heating up here over his last handful of games. He's been, he's been scoring in like the twenties. I think that that's going to allow Curbelo, uh, like a, like a pressure outlet, you know, like he won't be, necessarily at the top of the list now because I think Plummer's been he's been a bucket getter. Frazier's been playing better. You know, Coburn is obviously always going to be kind of at the forefront of any team's kind of game plan. And now maybe Curbelo can just be in a position where he's just allowed to be the point guard, you know, and like distribute to these guys and, and play in like the space that he's allowed now. So yeah, I think Illinois, I mean I don't come away from that loss thinking like, man, Illinois is dead. Uh, they were ranked in like the top ten, and they're unranked right now. But I, I would still say, like, I think their their trajectory is still 
going up. They just lost to an Arizona team that I think is is awesome right now. One of the better teams in the country, easily. Yeah, easily. Um, a few more Saturday games to talk about. We have Notre Dame beating Kentucky, and I would call this a bad loss for Kentucky. Notre Dame hasn't done much this year, and no. And I don't know. I don't know if this is uh, an overreaction, but I've heard other people talk about. Should Kentucky even be ranked right now? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if they, were, if, they were, if they were like Furman and they had the same cast of players, they would not be ranked. Right. But, if I mean, they were any school except Kentucky or Duke, they would not be ranked. You're right. Yeah. But like their two losses, you know, Duke and at Notre Dame, and I get they haven't really had any significant – or not significant wins. I'd say, you know, they did beat Ohio by 18. That's a good win. That was like their only win though against a team like in like Ken Palm's like top one fifty or something, apparently. Yeah. They played so, Yeah, I, I think for them, you know, fans should definitely start to worry about them a little bit. Um though they do have a game upcoming on Saturday, which we'll get into later at what what's the name of that? CBS Sports Classic. They have a game against Ohio State on Saturday. That'll give them a good opportunity to get a quality win. But I mean I don't think they should be I don't think fans of big big blue nation should be too worried about right now. No, probably not. It all depends. I mean, Big Blue Nation probably expects Kentucky to be like one of the best teams in the country always. I would say right now they're not one of the best teams in the country. That that does not that's not to say that they're bad, but um, yeah, I don't know. You're right. They do have a couple good a couple more tests here coming up over the next couple weeks with Ohio State and Louisville. Um, but yeah, I don't think they're one of the ten best teams in the country. Yep. Now let's see. Wisconsin had a couple of tests this week. They beat Indiana on Wednesday and lose to Ohio State on Saturday. But Johnny Davis has been one of the better players in the country, another sort of one of those sophomore breakout guys, um, averaging 20 points and six rebounds per game. And my bet against you right now, Biggs, is not looking good. Yeah, Wisconsin looks legit. I mean, I, I thought, boy, that game against – I mean, they took a big loss on Saturday to Ohio State where they got they got creamed. Um, but that's coming off of like a, a really impressive comeback win over Indiana on maybe Wednesday where Indiana was up like 22 at half. And tale of two halves where you're thinking – like at halftime, I'm thinking, man, this is the Indiana team. Like I was really high on Indiana, and I was like, yes, I feel validated by this because I think Indiana's going to be good. Uh, maybe they're not. I don't know. But uh, and then the second half, Wisconsin. I, I got to feel validated again, where it's like, yeah, Wisconsin, let's go. Uh, Indiana just never wins at Wisconsin. Apparently, they haven't beaten Wisconsin in Madison since like '95 or something. Like it's been, wow. it's been like 25 years plus. It's been forever. Apparently, uh, they just have their number. Uh, but you're right. Wisconsin is is awesome, and, and Johnny Davis. He's kind of like. Uh, He's even like probably been better than the the Iowa the Murray kid who had a bust out, who who's had kind of a breakout year. But uh, but it's kind of one of those where like I didn't necessarily see this coming from Johnny Davis. Uh, but boy, he was one of those guys last year that like I thought this kid needs to play more because like when he comes in, it just seems like he has some juice that that Wisconsin team just didn't have last year, and he's he's busted out in a big way. Like he's one of the best players in the country. Who would have thought, like, we, we were probably trying to do, like, preseason All-American lists, and, like, we have a handful of Big Ten kids on it, but it's all the centers. Uh, not Johnny Davis, not Keegan Murray. Uh, both those guys have been amazing. Yep. And, you know, they have 
some high quality wins this year so far against Houston, as well as, you know, we just talked about Indiana. Their only two losses are Ohio State and Providence, which, you know, we've talked about Ohio State. They're, they're sort of an up and down team, but, you know, they are a quality team. And Providence is one of the better teams in the Big East. But as far as Wisconsin, like, where do we put them just in the Big Ten? Like, you know, I think right away, I think of Purdue. Yeah. Um, Michigan State, they're probably right around there. Um, Iowa. And then, would, like, would you put them ahead of, say, Michigan or Illinois? I'd put them ahead of Michigan. Yeah. This this would maybe a good thought exercise for us. We keep doing this. With, we do this with every conference. Who's the second best team in the Big Ten? We put. I think we we'll still have Purdue it, there. Who who's next? I'd say either Wisconsin or Michigan State. I'd, I'd probably give the edge to Michigan State. I'm trying to think of other Big Ten teams. Illinois. Uh, Minnesota, I, Minnesota, actually. Yeah. Uh, hey, they just beat Michigan, though. That was an impressive, uh, impressive road win for them. Yep. But I don't. I, I think Illinois will probably eventually get there. Michigan State, Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, who else is there? Michigan's been been super disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa's okay. Ohio State's good, but I don't think they're better than some of those teams. Maryland's well, been disappointing. They're so shaky. Yeah, Indiana's just kind of like I, I think I think Titus said something about I, I think there's like a good team in there, but they just don't seem to wanna reveal themselves quite yet. And yeah. that's kind of how I feel. I, I think they're gonna be like a they're gonna be one of those teams that's like a nine seed, and you're gonna be like, Man, if they get to the second round, like they could give the one seed problems and then they'll lose to the eight seed. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like they'll be that, that team. Uh hate when that happens. There's a team like that every year. But I don't know. The Big Ten isn't as good, fresh off of a ass whooping of the ACC and the Big Ten ACC thing. I, I come away still like I don't know who the second best team is. Yeah, you're right. It, it probably is Michigan State. Yeah, um, but like like you said, I think Illinois could overtake them at any point. Yeah, I, I think they've got a higher ceiling. I think if they, especially Plummer's been better than I thought he would be. Yeah, um, and I, I do think right now, I do think but, Curbelo will at least partially figure it out to where he isn't god awful. Yeah, I, I think so too. And then they've and got something that nobody else has, which is coffee Cockburn. A lot of a lot of third degree burns there. Yes, Iowa State against Iowa playing Thursday, and Iowa State took it to Iowa and won by twenty. Is TJ Otzelberger the best coach in the country? I can't think of a better one. Okay, let's go. Let's move uh, on. He, they're they're on a tear. They're so much better than anybody thought. And I, I mean that's that's a good win beating a uh, beating Iowa. I mean not only just kind of squeaking by Iowa. I mean they 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 stoned them. They did yeah. the same thing to Memphis. They they killed them too. Um, at some point here, you just gotta you gotta kind of put the preseason bias aside and just be like, hey, my it's a good team. Good. And I, I still, I mean, I don't know if they're a, a top 15 team. I mean, once Big 12 play starts, it'll be interesting to see if they do keep it up. But they're undefeated, and they've and it's not like they've played nothing but cupcakes. They've got a couple good wins already. So, I mean, why not? They beat, who else did they, did they beat Xavier too? Did they beat Memphis? They beat Memphis. I know yeah. they either beat Xavier. Yeah, I think they beat Xavier. They beat Memphis in like that little tournament. And now they beat Iowa. That's, that's some good wins, you know? So... Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I've, I've just got a couple more games to talk about here. UConn over St. Bonaventure on Saturday. Um, Maryland over Florida on Sunday, That which 
I think that's a bit of a surprise. Um, Florida is a team that's been very good this year, and Maryland has you know a new head coach after Mark Turgeon agreed to part ways in Danny Manning. Um, so I think that's sort of a surprising game. And then you talked about Minnesota losing to Michigan State at home and beating Michigan on the road on Saturday. Are they all of a sudden road warriors after not winning a road game a year ago? Maybe. Maybe they're taking like the barn magic. It's like reverse barn magic. I don't know. Uh, Florida had a rough week. Losing to Texas Southern, team that hadn't got a win all year. Getting crushed by Texas Southern. uh, And then losing against Maryland. uh, Not great for your Gators. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. My my Gators? I don't know. They're rough. (laughs) Rough rough week for them. Florida has not been very Florida State-y this year. No. No, they have. Well, since that Florida State win. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> that's another team that's just tough to figure out. The The Big East, I think if we were doing like a winners and losers kind of thing, uh, minus Villanova getting crushed by Baylor, the Big East had a pretty darn good – they've had like a good run here early in the season. Seton Hall's been better than expected. Yep. Uh, looks like they're they're going to probably get this win against Rutgers. Yeah, they're starting to pull uh, away a little bit. Connecticut looks legit. Now, St. Bonaventure didn't have their leading scorer, I don't think, yesterday, but Connecticut also didn't have two of their top probably three or four guys. They look they look really good. <clears throat> Xavier crushed Cincinnati the other night. Uh, Zach Fremantle's back. They've got a good squad. They were yep. okay without him. So I think they're gonna be they're gonna be tough. Crate <clears throat> Get your voice back, Biggs. <clears throat> What's going on here? <laughs> Hold on. <clears throat> Creighton um, whooped up on BYU yesterday at the Pentagon in South Dakota. Whoop BYU. BYU's a team that we liked, right? Creighton beat yeah. them by like 15. Yeah. So that's intriguing. So Big East is – okay, let's do a little quick conference rankings here. Um, Let's see. We got Big 12, number one, I'd say. I would yeah. go SEC – it's between them and I think SEC and Big East are two A and two B. Ooh, okay. <laughs> is there a two uh, C? There's not. No. <laughs> two B. Do we just a, three two, then, or do we go back to four? No, we go to four then, and then I think at four. I'm trying to think of the other power. There's the ACC, Pac-12, and the Big Ten. It's Big Ten. It'd be, it'd be either ACC or Big Ten. I'd probably have to give it to. Big Ten, and then five ACC, six the Summit. Ah, the Pack, the Pack Twelve, um, three top ten teams. Six the Summit, thirty-two the Pack Twelve. <laughs> I thought you were a Pack Twelve stan. No, you're not I, putting on for your conference. Yeah, but I have I have to be impartial at the same time, though. I see. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Pack Twelve got three top ten teams. I I think that probably deserves a little respect. Oregon also clouds my judgment, though. Yeah, they suck. Oregon's yeah. really bad. Yeah. Um, they play Baylor here in a couple weeks. That's going to be uh, a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a blow. <laughs> a lot of green and Oregon uh, will not. Oregon will. Yeah, they like, will not score two, thirty points. Those two are the, like the two like uh, neon teams in college basketball. Yeah, I think that should be part of the game plan. Can we neon the game up? Those players will have to wear sunglasses just to be able to see. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, you're right. The, the SEC, I, I think the Big 12 is probably the best one with Baylor and Kansas both being like legit top five teams. And then Iowa State creeping up there too. Iowa State's been good. Texas hasn't been all that great, but I still think they're they're fine. 
Uh, Oklahoma got a dominant win over Arkansas on Saturday. That was that was odd. Kind of surprised. Texas, Tech, Texas Tech has a talent. Texas Tech just beat Tennessee, yeah. uh, another team that's that's up there towards the top of the SEC. So, yeah, I would say the Big Twelve is is clearly the best one. Um, and then I don't know. I I do wonder. You're probably right with the SEC. There's probably just like a a little bit more. But mm-hmm. boy, the Big East has been good. Yeah, they have been. Like we said in the pre in the preseason, I think, and I think I don't think Villanova is as good as maybe we were expecting. And I also don't. I think a lot of those other teams that we expected to be like okay are maybe even. I don't even know if there is a tier one team, but the entire conference seems to be like a tier two A through G kind of thing. Exclamation points! Yeah. Yeah. And at signs and dollar signs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's move on here, Biggs. Do, we have, do you have any other games to talk about before we get into the upcoming games this week? I've got nothing. There was there was so much that uh, that I'm that I'm probably forgetting stuff, but that's okay. That, those were the ones that stood out to me. There, it just feels like there's a lot of there's so many teams that are. It's probably like this every year. There's just so many teams that if you do the transit of property thing, like this team lost to that team, but then that team beat this team, and then this team lost to to this team, but then beat the other team that they weren't supposed to beat. There's been a ton of that. That a lot of teams that we just can't quite figure out, which is why the basketball is fun. You know, do you think college basketball has like the parody circle yet that the NFL always does? <laughs> I I've never seen that before. I saw that this week when the Vikings. Lost to the yeah. Lions, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that is delicious!" Like every you, team never has. See, that's my favorite thing every year when I see that it's comes so out. It's so funny. And then there's years like with the Browns years ago, like when they didn't win a game. So obviously, if they don't win a game, they like, ruin the parody circle. They, they ruin it. Yeah, you can't have it if they don't win. Oh, <laughs> it's my favorite gosh. thing, though. Um, they're getting close, probably. They're three hundred something teams, so I suppose it's probably not quite there. I just assume in the NFL that once every team has a win, that the parody thing is probably completed. Yeah, you're, you're it's, right. It's got to be getting close at whenever mm-hmm. that team wins. Um, let's see, upcoming games. And this week, there isn't a whole lot. I think I think there might just not be as many scheduled since I think it's finals week this week, so I think they sort of do it that way. Maybe. Sure, sure, I don't, sure. I have no clue, to be honest. It's a, it's, a lean, it's a lean slate. You're right. Tuesday, there's a, there's a couple of matchups that are maybe worth checking in on. Uh, yeah. I don't even remember, like – there's really nothing on Monday, really nothing on Wednesday. Yep. Really nothing. I've, on I've got games listed here, and I only have Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Okay. Game. So Tuesday, I've got Furman UNC, who you know Furman beats Louisville. That's because so, you're a UNC fan. No, Furman's a good team. They beat Louisville. Didn't they get like? Are they? I thought they were bad. Didn't they just get killed by somebody? I don't Maybe, know. Maybe, but they've, they've proven that they can beat a, a quality ACC team. Fair enough. Yeah. And then another game, Bama at Memphis is also on Tuesday. And I mean, Memphis, they have all the town. Like, uh, they haven't been able to, you know, win games, which is usually a good thing to do is to try and win games. That's helpful. But they win the games in the layup line, and that's fun. You're right. And like on the, and on like Instagram, probably, and like TikTok yeah. or whatever the kids do now. Tick, tick, face chat. Yeah. Doing things that clocks do. But, yeah. uh, yeah, you're right. Memphis is going to – maybe Memphis is the team that's going to be like an eight seed where you're like, damn, this team might win the national title or they'll lose by 30 in the first round. To Loyola Chicago. Yeah, like that'll be yeah. – it'll maybe be Memphis this year. Maybe they're just destined for that. But um, you're right. They have the talent. So it's like, God, 
it's one of those teams that you can't quit, you know. Yep. Um, who do they play? They play Alabama, right? Yeah, Bama. Yeah, that's going to be intriguing. I mean, I think Bama's far better, but uh, maybe this is one of those games, though, that like, Memphis totally like gets up for, you know. Yep. Friday, uh, St. Bonaventure versus no- Virginia Tech. That Friday, I have that listed, but mine says Thursday. I guess I can Oh, really? Wrong. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a game to watch out for. You know, Storm Murphy for Virginia Tech ha- hasn't been quite as good as we thought he'd be. Um, they've relied a lot on Kevin Luma and Justin Mutz so far. But if they can get Storm Murphy contributing more, you know, they'll be a very good team in the SEC. I'm just bummed out. Like, they had, they had like two or three guards, I think, that must have tra- – like Tyrese Radford transferred out. He went to AM, yeah. Texas. Yeah, that sucks. And they I think they had another kid though, too, that, that left. We're like, God, that Virginia Tech team, I think like four months ago before all the transfers well, like six months ago, before all the transfer stuff, it's like, damn. They picked up Storm Murphy fairly Cohen, early that, in that process. And you're like, I think wow. you're thinking of I think you're thinking of Cohen. I can't think of his first name. Cohen transferred away. Yeah, another well, just another, yeah, another good piece on the perimeter. And like, so you, if you if like those two guys wouldn't have left, like Vatek would have been, I think, something yeah. else. But it's just kind of hard to get excited about them now, just because I, I just feel like they're kind of limited. Like Storm Murphy averages seven points a game, you know. Yeah. And like Aluma's a nice player, and, and Justin Mutz is like a fine player, but like I don't know, they're I think they're just kind of okay. They're not as good as I I guess I before I did my homework, but I was like, yeah, like they're gonna have like a lot. Yeah, I don't know, but they're okay. You're right, and I think St. Bonaventure's good. Yep. Uh, Villanova be. plays Creighton. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the game of like the during the week games, like before the weekend. That's the, that's the game. My wife and I were thinking about potentially going because Omaha is only like two hours from here. Wow, from Sioux Falls. Like that's Your kind wife of wants to go. Like, I didn't think about this, but like I could go to Creighton games. It's really yeah. not that far, and uh, uh, we we decided not to because tickets are really expensive. But like that's something that <sighs> could be kind of enjoyable. Your wife wanted to go to a college basketball game. That surprises me. I think it's I think it's that she's desperate because she's not sure what to get me for Christmas, and like um, we've decided to do like we, we I don't remember if I've told you about this like we're we're going on several trips that I'm just we kind of came to an, like an agreement of like hey let's just rather than doing like Christmas gifts like how about this be our gift to each other is that we're going on these trips right we're, we're spending all this money we don't need to now buy more stuff, and uh, of course I have already gotten her a Christmas thing. I'm not worried that she's going to listen to this pod because obviously okay. she doesn't listen because she doesn't we're, care. We're, we're, we're 50 minutes in. There's no way she's made it this far. 100%. She's, def- she's, she's, not, she's not smart enough to follow. She's definitely asleep. Yeah, we're, that's true too. She can't keep up. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> this, of course, I already got her a Christmas thing. And so she knows that I got her a Christmas thing. I've told her like it's not like that big of a deal. The Christmas thing I got you is not like a big thing. But of course she thinks it is because, you know, she has unrealistic expectations and so she's like, could I get you a basketball, like tickets for a basketball game? And I'm just like, stop, stop it. Stop. I, I can't tell you stop enough times. And like, she won't stop. But like, that was one of the things. And uh, I don't know, could have been fun. But anyway, you're right. I think that could be a good game. Speaking of going to Division One college basketball games, Biggs. Yeah. I think I think I might be going to one next Tuesday. Let's go. Yeah. You want to hear, hear the team? Oh, you got to let me say it. Oh, sorry. Who are you, who are you going to go see? Uh, NDSU versus UND. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Where at? Uh, that'll be at the shack. The shack. Yeah. Good spot. 
Yeah. I've never been in there, but I know they renovated it like five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I was in there a couple of years ago and, and it's, it's solid. It's, it's really yeah. pretty now. Yeah. Uh, you should hit up maybe like, uh, you should go check out the parrot, see if it's open. Parrot? If, if the parrot's open, I will visit Fargo again. Oh, the pickled parrot? Yeah. I think that's closed permanently. Well, if it's, if it's open, I'll visit Fargo again. So if it's not, you're never coming back. No. Okay. But I would make like a for sure, just like if I knew the parrot was open, like I'll drive up there right now. Wow. That is where you met your wife. It's true. Yeah. Great place. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got a few good games Saturday, Bays. We have ten- Tennessee at Memphis. Uh, we've got Gonzaga at Texas Tech. But then to conclude it all, we have the CBS Sports Classic, which includes UCLA, UNC, and Ohio State, Kentucky. What are you, what are you most looking forward to on Saturday? Um, gosh, I'm looking through kind of the Saturday slate here. You're right. There are some good ones. Gosh, I Oklahoma State falling flat on its face, probably because it doesn't have a tournament like to play for. It's such a disappointment because they play Houston that night. And I think that one could have been a lot of fun, but uh, it, for not Baylor, Oregon, I, another one that I was, been, I would have been like, let's go. I would have been all the way in for like three weeks ago. And now Oregon sucks. Uh, I have a hard time quitting that Oregon team, though. I still feel like that might be kind of enjoyable. Like I did predict earlier that they might lose some early season games and figure it out throughout the year, but I feel like they've lost too many. Yeah, if there's a spot to figure it out, I, I don't think it happens against Baylor, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, you never know. Number, number one teams have fallen this year. That's true, and they're, at, and they're at home, so, you know, in a different time zone. So who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you 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 kind of mentioned like the color the colors maybe could mess them up. So yeah, I think like, the Kentucky yeah. Ohio State game probably uh, is probably the best game of the day. Uh, UConn Providence earlier on in the afternoon. Um, that Tennessee uh, Memphis game, I just I have a hard time quitting Memphis. Mm-hmm. Boy, I don't know. I'm just mentioning a ton of games right now. There are a bunch of them that are intriguing. Yeah. Uh, Carolina's UCLA. I'm intrigued to see if Carolina can, can they, they've played better defensively as of late. Can they keep up with UCLA? I don't anticipate it, but Hey, uh, that could be a potentially, I mean, that, that's two big brands going head to head. Yep. Maybe Carolina's ranked at this point in later this week. I, I guess Maybe. I'm not sure, but that could be a fun one. It'll be a good opportunity for leaky black to have a signature defensive game, probably guarding Johnny Juzang. Or is it one of those games where you just say, you know what, damn it to playing defense, like let's just win 97-95. I, I'd be good with that, actually. I think that's what Caleb Love's probably thinking is like, hey, let's yeah. just like go out he's, here. He's and been better this year. He has been better. You're right. He's, shoot, he's shooting like 40% from threes. That's like double well, last year. It's true. And he's going to be one of those guys that he's going to take a lot of dumb shots, so I suppose he might as well just make them because he's not going to stop shooting. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like I don't think it's like one of those where like he misses enough and it's like, okay, yeah, you're right. Maybe this isn't working. Uh, he's going to say something's wrong with the ball here, so I'm going to keep shooting. <laughs> you know, um, got to shoot to get hot and shoot to stay hot. Exactly. Yep. That's that's the mentality, hundred percent. But uh, yeah, I think that one could be it could be fun. The Saturday slate isn't as loaded as it was this past Saturday, but uh, darn good still. Yeah. Um, you know, starting off with that, a couple of those early games. I mean, that Gonzaga Texas Tech I think could be really interesting. You know, Gonzaga is kind of off the radar now a little bit after a couple of losses. Can they – this is another tough win or another it's tough – It's a get-right uh, game for them. 
Well, I, I think it's it's definitely not. I mean, I think this is a game that they could lose. So, yeah. you know, Texas Tech is a team that plays a style. This is smart. I don't know if Mark Few did this on purpose, but I think I think when they played Baylor last year, there was a little bit of like culture shock, just the physicality that they play with. I think it, it shocked the system a little bit for them, and they didn't have time to kind of make up ground. They haven't pl- they didn't play a lot of teams that play that kind of brand. Uh, they've already played a few teams that have like an athleticism physicality, size kind of edge against them, and they need to figure out how to overcome that. Um, And Texas Tech is one of those teams that will make you uncomfortable. That's a type of team that gives Gonzaga – has given Gonzaga teams in the past kind of fits, not Texas Tech, but just teams that play this in-your-junk style of defense. Um, So I'm I'm intrigued to see if they can overcome that. Yeah. And then, you know, just as we're sort of wrapping up here, we we had great timing here, Biggs, because – the Seton Hall game just ended. They beat Rutgers by 14. So we are the first to break that news. It won't get released till tomorrow, but we are the first to break that news on a podcast. Huge. To my Huge knowledge. news. To my knowledge. Uh, revolutionary. That's uh, well done by us. Yes. Probably the so, only two people watching. So credit us, ESPN. All right, yeah. let's get out of here. Okay, bye. Bye.